You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. The only reason he is a ranger is because in two, second edition D&D, they didn't have barbarian. They only had ranger, so they made him a ranger and they made a whole joking backstory about it. However, there is a barbarian class in um, uh, fifth edition D&D and in Boulder's Gate that is like animal-esque. It's like, it's like ranger barbarian, so I think I'm going to make him that. Um. All right, that that sounds reasonable. You're a lot. I mean, okay, you're... I think so. I mean, I just want him to still, you know, be ranger kind of, even though he is very. Let's just smash people's heads in. I love Minx so much. Have you met his hamster yet? Yes. Where Where does he keep his hamster? I don't know, actually. Then where did you meet his hamster? In his hand. But then where did he put it when he was done? I I didn't. It didn't show. He's got like a trans-dimensional hamster. He pulled it from I the mean, shadow realm. I mean, we have like we basically walk around with bags of holding. I know, but do you have living things in your bags of holding? Sometimes, yeah, actually. You like a. I, I I freed a pixie from a lantern. And when you needed it, you emerged from your bag. Yes. Oh well, there you go. That's all I needed. And the answer is is in his bag. There's also a lot of severed hands. Yeah, then it's in. It, the answer is in his bag. That's why I was like, where does he keep the hamster? The answer is in his like, bag. I guess like not really exactly. I mean, a, a, a bag of holding because, like, that doesn't really work. But you know, anyway, it's in his bag. Like, that, that's it. It's not. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it. I'm assuming it's in his bag. Like, it's the only thing that makes sense to me. It's in his bag. That's it. <laughs> but there's no hamster for me to interact with in the bag. Well, it's because it's in, it's in his bag. Yeah, Wait, but I can I can access that. Right, apparently he's got another bag that's none of your fucking business. Like I said, it's in his bag. That's fine. It's a game of bags. I saw your inventory. It's a game of bags. So he's got another There's bag. So many bags. Right, he's got a bag of bags. So it's fine. He's got a bag of bags with one bag with a hamster in it. That's none of your business, and rightfully so. That's like his boy. That's his homie. Like, don't touch. Don't touch it. It's fine. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, and with me, the actual host, the owner, proprietor, CEO, CFO, lead therapist, lead designer, head artist, social media maven, and travel czar, Elise Bacon Baconhauer. Hello, I am here. Speaking of me being here, ADHD people, you are, oh, listen up. Listening. Go to the goddamn bathroom. Yeah. On, on your way back from the bathroom, grab some water. Have you eaten? Eat something. Get a fucking snack. Also, again, did you go to the bathroom? Because I, I bet the second you stand up, you're going to be like, oh, wait, I forgot. Yeah. 
Okay, now back to our regular scheduled program. Hello, Aaron. Hello, B. How are you? I'm here. Existing in this world. Not the whoosh of existence? The whoosh of existence. There you go. Uh, you should do that when people, when you don't want to talk to someone, but you want them to know you're around, just go next to them. I'm a, I mean, don't tempt me because I fucking will. You can't do it to me now. I know it's the whoosh of existence. It means you're around. It, we've we've already sorted out what it means here. I'm gonna I'm gonna whoosh away. I'm just gonna be like, this is the whoosh of way. <laughs> this is fine. I accept that. Um, the fall of gaming apocalypse is upon us. So I hate it here. <laughs> we are under attack. <laughs> I'm dying. I um I. Have I just bought with some gift cards and some money? I bought um, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. I bought WrestleQuest. Oh, r- real quick, I need to know: Has my question about Bomb Rush been answered? Uh, what was your question about Bomb Rush Cyberfunk? Is it fuck the police? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, a- they were they were like they were specifically not showing that. <laughs> Um, they're not showing that because, uh, in like the actual marketing materials, yeah, they're not showing it, but you're not like, yeah, it's like for real, fuck the police. Like you first thing okay, you do. Okay, cool. Add that to my list of crying. Got it. Thank you. The first thing, um, the first thing that you do in that game is break out of the police station and cause God, yes. Like you are in, you are incarcerated and you're like, nah. What platforms is it on? Uh, Everything, as far as my understanding, uh, Bitch, I got, yes, it's going on the Switch. Yeah, I got it on. It's on. It, it released on Switch. Um, apparently, uh, according to the esteemed thought leader uh, Jeffrey Russo, he explained that uh, apparently, since Nintendo put it uh, gave it the most shine, they brought it on Switch first, and then about three weeks later, it came out on everything else. So That's I got it on so Xbox. So cute! I love that. Right. So I have it on Xbox. Um, but it's everywhere. I believe it's everywhere. It's not multiplayer, right? No, not at all. Bitch, yes, on the Switch it goes. There you go. Um I need to get a new one. Jesus Christ. I mean it's I mean, um, well, I don't know. I, I guess we can jump the gun. Apparently they are testing Switch twos. Uh I will look up the story now. But apparently they are switch they were there I meant to look it up um during the show, but apparently they are testing Switch twos. At an event, I'm trying to figure out which event it is. So we Can't are a game show. Uh, if that is what is happening now, then that is where they are testing it. But I'm going to look right now. Probably because the Tokyo Game Show is coming up, and uh, I know Final Fantasy is going to be doing a lot of shit there too. Uh, by the way, open beta for Final Fantasy 14 is going to be starting in August with 6.5 Xbox players. Yeah, that's me. I have uh, I have been chased. There we go. Nintendo demoed Switch 2 to developers at Gamecom, at Gamescom, which was last week. So that's where the Switch, so you might, if you can keep your Nintendo Switch humming along until then, like a year. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. Because uh, Switch 2 is coming. and uh, When, holidays or next year? Next year, next year. The, the amorphous... 
um, time period that is next year. Fuck. Well, I mean, I'll do my best. I mean, if not, then we'll make it work. Uh, we'll figure out what needs to happen. But uh, like, the, like, even if I need a used Nintendo Switch up until then, like, that's right. fine. Right. This, this baby is a. Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't pay attention to the leaks, though. The leaks are saying all kinds of shit, and I'm just like, y'all. Well, you know, the 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 dev the game developers are saying they played it and can say no more about it. They they gave it a spin, and uh, yeah, and frankly, um, I don't really care. Um, as long as it's Switch 2 and I get to import my games and just slide over to a more powerful platform, then I'm in. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Same, I just don't care. Yeah, as long as I can play my like, own shit, I, I, I'm not worried about it. I don't it. do Nintendo for power, but, like, as long as that bitch doesn't overheat, like, and that's where I'm at right now, I do not care. I'm not saying that I need a um, behemoth. Um, I don't need Nintendo, like, running Unreal Engine 5 games in 120 frames per second. Like, I don't need that. But I would like to play some of these Zelda games, especially the last one that absolutely choked my Switch to death. And um, I would love yeah. to play it. Like I, I would, I would like to play Rune Factory Five without it choking. Like, right. And that's fine, right? Like that, that's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't need any yeah, leaps, but. but, but when, when, uh, there's literally a leak. I want to say it was like from Game Rant where they're like. Switch to rumored to be as powerful as the PS5, and I'm like, my nigga. That is a that is a rumor. That's the thing, right? So if you're gonna make something up, like if you're gonna absolutely fabricate, you have to base it in reality, because no one's gonna believe that Nintendo's putting out a portable console or a hybrid console as powerful as a PlayStation Five. Nintendo has not been concerned about the raw power of their console since like the Super Nintendo. And they don't need to be, and they don't care. They, they don't do care. not care like that. I don't know what people is going to get it through people's heads that Nintendo does not operate like that and does not care. No. But every fucking time there's an update or, like, a new thing, it, it like, goddamn clockwork, they're like, the Nintendo Switch is going to be in 4K, and it's going to be a actual rival to the sony ps they're not even rivals they're so not even rivals the nintendo switch is out drastically outperformed sony in japan go fuck yourself yeah they're not they're not <laughs> it has no compulsion nintendo does not care <laughs> nintendo brings out consoles that are powerful enough to run the most powerful games of their previous console very well full stop that's it you will get a chance to play um, Tears of the Kingdom at 60 frames per second at 1080p. That's it. Un like, undocked. That is probably the ceiling. And that's going to be good for another and, eight years of this shit. <laughs> and that's fine. I don't want anything more than I that. Don't, I we, don't care. I, I'm not. You know what I want? I want a portable console that I can lay in bed and play. And with my Joy-Cons, that detach like... The detachable Joy-Cons was just, like, absolutely the biggest game changer in my life. Like, hands down. Like, I know a lot of people don't like them. But, like, I'm, I'm telling you, from an accessibility standpoint, that shit is great. I do not... I rarely play games with the actual, like... Like, I have, a, I have the controller, like, the pro controller. Right. Like, I have that. And there are very few games I play with it. I'm usually, like... Joy-Con in one hand, Joy-Con in the other. Like, 
That way I can stretch, do my arms, whatever, and like whatever fucking nerve thing is happening, like I can adjust for it and it doesn't right. interrupt my fucking gameplay. Right. This is what Nintendo brings to the table. This um, is this is the shit that Nintendo brings to the cake table. And like I don't I'm just like every fucking time I'm like I'm like, y'all are making the most bullshit clickbait articles. And then you're like, gamers are angry that this didn't happen. And I'm like, wonder fucking why. And also, most gamers aren't that intent. Like, gamers who? (laughs) If you are demanding raw power from Nintendo, your entire basis of your interaction with Nintendo is made up, fabricated, um, based on general assumptions and lies. And you don't have a Nintendo console. You don't have one. Or you would know what the deal is. Um, I would switch as my first Nintendo console since GameCube. And it was immediately, ev- it was evident when I had a GameCube. It continues to be evident now that Nintendo's not worried about it. Does uh, not care. Does n- not need to care. Nintendo, this is not their market. Nintendo will make Y'all their... keep coming up with problems for Nintendo that Nintendo doesn't actually have. I have these discussions periodically with people who ask me questions about Nintendo strategy and will just essentially ask me a question that's not for them. They will ask me about like the power of the Switch or why isn't this more powerful or this, that, and a third. And I'm always like, Nintendo simply doesn't care and has never cared. And I almost want to ask them, who told, who planted the seed? In your head that suddenly Nintendo would start to care now after the Switch blew every console out of the water and will the Switch 2 will continue to blow will blow the um consoles out of the water again. I'm already right. on the hook for one. It doesn't matter. Right. No, who do, who like, do I pay? I'm, I'm already there. Who do I pay? That's it. It doesn't matter what's in it. It will allow me to continue to collect my classic shooters. That's it. That's it. My JRPGs. Yeah. It's just not. And, and my top-down shooters. Right. Top-down shooters. I have so many of those on the Switch, boy. It's... I fucking love top-down shooters. I'm at the point now um, where, um, one. Oh, and my farming games. Like, I'm I'm a hook for Story of Seasons and Rune Factory and Stardew Valley and. Right. Uh, whatever are... the fuck else comes out. Cozy games. Right. So it's like, don't. Yeah. So. It's just, if you're listening, um, and you, if you're thinking that Nintendo's going to make a move to make a more powerful console, like a comparative to a premium console, I guess you could say, uh, the PlayStation 5, a Series X, the answer is no, and the answer is never, and please review why you would think such a thing, and if it's because someone told you that person is unreliable, that news source is unreliable, the Twitter account is unreliable, your cousin's a jackass, all of this is true. Switch to whenever we pay. That's it. Um, I got a uh, Wrestle Quest. Wrestle Quest is a um, wrestling based RPG, like an actual like RPG based in the world of professional wrestling. And I, I'm when I I'm gonna play more of it. But I think I almost want to recommend it to you because, like, you don't watch wrestling, but you appreciate the theater and the LARPing of it from the distance. I love popular LARP. Right. And it does such a great job of 
um, bringing the improvised LARPing stunt work world of professional wrestling into like a JRPG setting that it would be, even if you don't know everything that's happening in terms of the references, the game itself is so entertaining in its portrayal of wrestling that I think you might like it. But first I need to finish it. Um, and also that that will happen after I finish Sea of Stars. I've been watching Erica play Sea of Stars. And I, that, that's another one I'm on the hook for. Yeah, it's uh, extremely good. Um, yeah, that is extremely good. Um, I think it's on Game Pass, so you have access to it. It's just a it matter of finding. Yeah, it's just yeah. a matter of finding time for it. Which you know, good luck to you and your family. <laughs> uh, good luck. <laughs> That's right. This is such a stressful time for me. And there are, and like, so, and also Starfield came out, which, um, it actually is Bethesda's most coherent, um, glitch light game by a large margin. And I almost get the feeling that Microsoft applied pressure to make sure that the game came out like this, reasonable. It's not perfect, but they wanted to make sure that it came out reasonable and as stable of a product of a Bethesda game as possible. And it shows. And uh, it's one of the benefits of console exclusivity, because I think um, one of the most consistent problems for like modern, like, I guess, uh, graphically intensive games is the multi-platform port. Because games that come out just for Xbox look fine. And games that come out just for PlayStation 5 look fine. But when they come out for every console, that's when the optimization starts to starts to lag a bit. And rightfully so. It's hard to do that for every console and make your release date. So just Starfield being on single on just Xbox and PC is really good. Um, I might be waiting for more patches because I'm having... And this is... I, how do I put it? Um... I'm trying to get my mind around on 30 frames per second on a newer release. And it's not that it's anything wrong with it. Um, the motion blur is so subtle. And I kind of wish there was like a motion blur slider so I could turn it up. Because uh, it's such a it's such a raw 30 frames per second. It's consistent. And the game looks phenomenal. Like in terms of like art. Um but it is uh it is like an adjustment for me and i'm working on it like i I play a little bit more and more and i can feel myself adjusting to it but the art style has a name i have to look it up really uh, quick, something it's deco. actually something deco uh not uh kind of let me i can i can actually pull it up right now yeah, because go, go, go um it's it actually it's actually uh, the art style that is um, one of my besties. Like, it's like their favorite fucking thing in the goddamn world. Yeah, the art of the game is um, phenomenal. Like the actual like spacefaring um, art, the technological, the technological art, the architecture of everything is actually really good. Um, I will, I will um, keep hammering away at it because it is actually a very, it is a very compelling game and a very good game. I just need to make the adjustment because I realized I hadn't played something with like a raw 30 frames per second without heavy motion blur in several years. So it's been several years. So it's like even um I think Plague Tale 2 was the last game I played and that had um a, uh, a what's it called? NASA Punk. 
Oh, yeah, I know. I do like it. The art style is yeah, very and there's, strong. There's also a little bit of um, Rudiger Arrow with it as well, um, which is um, a design aesthetic that's from the early 2000s to like the late, like to the very, very early, like 2010. It's used mm. mostly in advertising. Mm. Um, so oh. it's a combination of like those two things. Yes. Um. Uh, like, uh, here, let me show you what Frutiger Arrow looks like okay. and you will understand it. It's it, it <laughs> windows especially is guilty of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, I am. I, I do like the game though. I really do. Um, it's. Uh, it's very interesting. Like, um, yeah, I just, I enjoy the, um, I enjoy the world that they've already begun to build. I already enjoy the gunplay. I enjoy the art style, texture work, lighting, writing, music. Like it's, um, I do, I have not played the other ones at length and I do not know whether this is the best Bethesda game and I cannot tell. Um, because there's a lot, so there are people who are really enjoying themselves, and then there are people who are very annoyed that one, a Bethesda game is being reviewed very well, and uh, two, that it's on a general like piece. It's in the PC Microsoft ecosystem specifically, and uh, fucking I, deal with it. I mean, I I mean, listen, Bethesda games are jank. We know this. Bethesda, like specifically Bethesda, is that team, that platform, that like that um, engine that they the use. The creation always engine, yes. The creation yes. engine. Yes. Thank you. The creation engine always jank, always endlessly jank. We know this. Um, the people who are excited about Starfield are the same people who are excited about Skyrim. And Fallout, especially, I think it's actually more the Fallout people than the Skyrim people, I'm not going to lie. Hmm. Um, uh, a lot of the Skyrim people are more like the fantasy, less science fantasy, if that makes sense, sci-fi. Right. And Fallout falls under like the sci-fi. I see it. Yeah. So there, there, there's more of that. And then you have like the people who love space shit. That's me. And I want to tell you, all of the space shit games are also jank. Every last goddamn one of them, No Man's Sky, hello. Um, Alien No Man's Sky, hello. They rounded that shit out really, really nicely. Now, was it jank for a long time? Was it jank for a long It absolutely was. Has it been jank? Now, it's been jank longer than it's not? Yes. <laughs> it's been, it, this is like a live service game that... that, that was able to continue forward and rebuild itself and it is a fantastic game and it's still a little jank but the jank is charming i mean yeah now also when i say jank i'm not i'm not talking about like like game breaking bugs <laughs> no not at all I, i'm talking about like shit's weird sometimes uh i understand and i guess we need to is that is that our operational definition of jank is um shit's weird sometimes 
Yeah, like, you know, like when playing Andromeda, like sometimes like there'd be a body floating just like glitched in the air. It didn't break anything, but it's just hanging out there. That's how you know you fucked them up. That's how you know they got the hands is that they're floating through. They're floating in the sky um, (laughs) with no reason. Their body is just floating in the sky or stuck up against the wall or whatever. That or when they look like there's a body part connected, there's a a body part stuck in the wall. So they're kind of dangling like they got harpooned. Yeah. That's how you know you fucked them up. That's how you know you (laughs) fucked them up. Right. Like sometimes jank happens. It's true. Um, like, like jank, like jank. I consider like non-game breaking bugs that actually get kind of funny. Um, uh, the latest Pokemon game. I thought that Pokemon had. I thought, I thought that Pokemon had game. Bre- I thought that oh, had game breaking bugs in it. I thought that one was like. It did have game breaking bugs in it. It also had not game breaking bugs, like arms just moving, <laughs> just moving, or like some very bizarre things that were happening like if you if you watched the stuff that was occurring because like people were posting clips all over of their games and like their games were fine like they were able to progress they were able to complete the story they were able to do stuff and it didn't break it but they'd be like eyeballs places (laughs) (laughs) that's jank (laughs) this is not supposed to happen but it's not it, it's not uh, not breaking your game. <laughs> yeah, I know that song. It, it did have game-breaking bugs as well, but they did work a lot of those. But it did have game-breaking bugs. Uh, 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 Boulder's Gate 3 has both. It's uh, quite janky and definitely has some game-breaking stuff. One of my favorite speed runs. Oh yeah, the speed runs um, uh, also operate off of like um, uh, can't remember what the word is, but uh, uh, taking advantage of the jank. Like one of them, you can shove you shove a major character in a box and push that box off of a and throw that box off of a cliff. In Baldur's Gate. Yes, and then it tr- starts triggering cutscenes out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Speedrunning gets unhinged. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I am very familiar with um Destiny, yeah, Destiny Speedrunner. So, so yes, yeah, it's, I, it, that's ex- that's exploiting some in-game jank. <laughs> my favorite bit, um, and I watch a Destiny <laughs> speedrun is when the players will all just casually walk out of the dimension, like they'll just look left, go right, crouch under a rock, and then be in the shadow realm, and then proceed to travel through the shadow realm across multiple encounters. And you see a raid will be completed in nine minutes. <laughs> An hour long raid will take nine minutes because half of the fire team is in the shadow realm triggering events <laughs> in a specific order. So, yes, I understand completely. I didn't know that. I, 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 did, <laughs> I, not know, I did not know that that level of um, that was a speed run t- uh, thing. I saw somebody doing a, it. I didn't it know is, that's what yes, that was. You can, you can shove Shadowheart who Shadowheart has some very uh, has some like quests that directly relate to the main story right and so uh you shove her in a box and throw that box <laughs> and it starts uh triggering cutscenes out of order so they is, do the cutscenes just start as like is she like did you throw her like in a time portal is that what happened you just threw her kind of lost the time? i have not watched the details because I'm, I'm not like a speedrunner person um but there's a lot of folks in my fc who 
both do speed runs um uh and and like take part in large speed running events and also um watch speed runs mm -hmm. so uh they have been informing me of some of this content and it's been fucking hilarious <laughs> Now I'm about to go down so the yeah, Baldur's uh, Gate speedrun uh, rabbit hole. Uh, charming jank. <laughs> so, and like, if you play PC games, you are quite used to jank. Because uh, I think it's because PC can, um, with PC, like, patches happen on games, like, all the time. Right. I mentioned this before. Like, so, like, we're used to things just not working. Um. And I actually had a better experience playing Fallout 4, like, um, and Fallout New Vegas on uh, my computer because I was able to, like, input commands to fix things that were breaking my game, and you can't do that on console. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just like, oh, yeah. So, like, I uh, fucking elevators in Fallout 4. <laughs> There's a there's a there's a command like you can type in that there's a command that you can uh put like uh that you can type in to help like <laughs> fix that. Um thank you to people who know how to do that sort of thing in coding to tell us people who don't know what the fuck we're doing to like fix our fucking computer game. <laughs> Every goddamn elevator. I ended up memorizing it after a while because I was just like <laughs> I'm just like, why is it every elevator? I hate elevators. <laughs> Traumatized by elevators. Uh, there, there needs to be a, a group about this. But has Bethesda traumatized you with elevators? Um, I understand. And um, but yeah, so, we're, we're we're yeah, but with the constant updates, like and like with console, they have to do them in big chunks. So like. I'm a, like it's with Boulder's Gate 3, like it was supposed to come out like a week ago and they're like, uh, we're delaying this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're delaying the console. And because I play on PC with a controller, I was not surprised by this. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they found some of the issues I found, which was like, you can't target some things. That's not an issue on mouse and keyboard, but it is on console where you just got a controller. Hmm. Like, you can't really... So there's some stuff where you need to, like, target up to shoot things. Right. can't target up. <laughs> I appreciate you can't. you can't target up. Like, you're... Like, what are you... One of the ways, like, what it's one of the ways you recruit one of the companions. They're stuck in a cage, and you need to shoot the bottom of the cage to free them. But, like, you can't angle up to break the bottom of the cage. You don't, you don't move. You can't move the camera with the right analog stick? It, that's not, I mean, yes and no. It's so, like, the way it, so, the way it works is, like, it's not, it's not first person. It's third person. Right. So, and there's also, like, the range that you can shoot or hit something is dictated by your weapon and your stats. 
So there's like, imagine everything is like a, a grid, a one by one grid, one inch by one inch grid. Like, you know, if you're looking at a mm -hmm. tabletop. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you basically need to shoot five squares up. Hmm. So you have to angle, you have to like, 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 and there's, there's a line that shows like where you can shoot to, like, and like, it, it'll say like, oh, this is too far away. Like this is past your range or past your weapons range, et cetera. And so what was happening is, is that when you try to go up, like it, it wouldn't go up. It wouldn't go vertical. Now, if you're using a mouse, you can just click. Oh, I see. You can click it, but oh, okay. I but if you're, you're not using a mouse, you can't click. Because, you know, for on controller, clicking is A, if you're like Xbox controller like me, and you're you're aiming the 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 vertical with like the the left thumbstick. Hmm. Or right thumbstick. I can't don't ask me. My brain is doesn't matter. It doesn't know unless you, I'm looking you, directly at you it. You you typically aim with the uh right thumbstick. So we're gonna say right thumbstick. Can tell you this game's weird, um, and uh, my I can't be trusted on left and right right now. Um, my brain does not know the difference between left and right, like actually, on a physiological level, not uh, a I'm bad with directions uh, level. Oh, I understand. Yeah, I I always had like I have sorry I have the elevator disclaimer in because people don't actually get it. Um, They're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm also bad with directions. I also don't know my rights and my lefts. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know my right and my left. How my brain perceives right and left isn't always accurate. Right. I am. Um, I've had the issue where um, my both of my hands feel like my left hand. Um, so it makes it very difficult when I'm like trying to aim in, um, and like I'm playing a shooting game. Uh, I'm, I aim with my right hand, obviously, but both of my hands feel like my left hand. So the signals don't feel right. And it feels like I'm playing backwards and that it's almost like, um, like I'm almost like I'm controlling and I'm making my brain work in a, I'm making my brain contort into a barely comfortable position to operate this controller. I don't know if it's similar, but I do understand that sometimes those directions, you know them academically, but your brain needs to send the right signals. And sometimes yeah, it, just, it, it just don't. It Yeah, it's kind of, um, and probably you probably have this because uh, you're scoliosis. What? Is that, is so the way that this happened was, is so um, if you have chronic pain on one side of your body, uh, your brain it fucks with how your with your brain wiring. So your brain wiring now associates everything with that side of your body. Because that's where it's focused. That's where the pain is. Uh, a lot of, you you hear it more often with like amputees. Right. You don't really hear it with like you always hear about things in like the extreme sense, not like like the in-betweens. Right. So like what happened is is like so because everything was centered on the right side of my body, my brain thinks left is right, like actually, 
Um, and sometimes what happens is that it changes my perception, like my my actual perception. So like while I'm raiding, it's like there's there's this fight right and there's this savage fight right now. It's um uh P10S. You're fighting like this giant uh resident evil mother ass looking motherfucker spider castle guy. And this is a very accurate description. Go look it up, P10S. Right. <laughs> Fancy 14, you'll understand. You'll be like, what in the Resident Evil is this shit? Um, uh, there's a part where he swivels his head right or left and does like a full laser beam down that side of the room. Right. He will swivel his head right and my brain will look at it and actually like it will actually process the information and how I see things visually as him swiveling his head left. So that right is actually the safe space. So like my brain will actually like, so like I will see something and I will see the information. My brain will register the information as the exact opposite of what it is. Yes. Like a mirror image. Yeah. And then I'm like, I I go to run to what I think is the safe spot, which is the exact opposite of what the safe spot is. You just go running into the laser of destruction, even though you actively know, I, you know, your brain is like, right. And then you were like, okay. And then you just went. And then up. I, and then I die and I'm like, <laughs> and then it snaps back. Like to what it actually is. It's kind of, you know, when you go to the optometrist and there's like, they're like the, like, and they, they're adjusting, they're adjusting the lenses and it kind of does that zoom in, zoom out while it's adjusting. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it looks like to me. And all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, everything is correct. And I'm like, wait, I don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I'll, like, I'll die or, like, I'll get hit by something. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. My brain did a thing. <laughs> I'm like, that's all I know. I'm like, I'm so sorry. My brain, my, my brain did a thing. <laughs> or I will be, like, two to three Lollafells off from where i'm standing Mm -hmm. so like i think i'm like i think i'm standing on a right right like what i see i see myself i am standing on a solidly i am in the correct spot i'm actually standing on b (laughs) three lala fells over Mm -hmm. not in the safe spot yep and then i die and i'm confused and then it snaps back into place and i'm like uh. Oh, <laughs> so sorry to everybody who has heard this exact ex- explanation a hundred thousand times. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, sure, it's the right thumbstick to aim things. I don't know. <laughs> you aim with a you, you right aim now. with a thumbstick. You aim with one of the thumbsticks. Yes, we have That's two. We, we have two at. of them. One for two. I aim with one of those motherfuckers. That's right, it. but like for whatever reason, going going up the the Z axis is just like not a thing. <laughs> I think I had to do it from an angle. I think I had to like be from an angle and just kind of be like, okay, I'm gonna stand over here. There's the bottom, and then we're gonna go like that and go whoop. <laughs> That's some good jank. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. But now the thing is, is like, if you're on console, that's not going to work. 
I you mean, can't have all your players getting stuck. I imagine that's not a problem on console. I imagine that might be an issue with going from PC, like the um, turning, selecting the controller option on a PC title. Um, that might be the issue because it's uh well I can I can at least say for I can at least say that it probably is an issue because it registers it as an Xbox controller. Well, um, if that was the case, I mean, because the uh, Baldur's Gate just came out on PS Five, maybe I think this week. Uh, today's date is yeah. I had to I had to show some. Uh, like the controls are actually the same on PS4 controller. Right. It's just the like the button mapping is the same. Right. Um. So I I had to I had to show my roommate how to like access one of the menus, but I was just like I was like wait I don't how do I can I just show can I just like physically show you how to access this menu? <laughs> <laughs> He's like where do I do this? And I'm like can I can I see your controller? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you use these buttons. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that always makes me laugh. And the now. game doesn't teach you that stuff either. Like on different uh inputs, uh different device different input devices. Yeah, it doesn't teach you like where to access things. The game's very bad at <laughs> teaching you stuff. That's good to know. That is very but good the, to know. But the inputs are the same. Like, like it's like, like this this button and like, hey, this is a good re. This is a great. I'm so excited. Like, I'm showing Aaron my controller, but like, I have a custom controller, so you can actually see the difference in the buttons. Right. And I didn't think about that until right now. How helpful that is. <laughs> So like so like this button and this button and this button they do the same things on Xbox controller and on PlayStation right. controller. Right. Same as like the these buttons. They all do the same thing. Right. That's I mean that I would hope so. That would be I that'd be very peculiar if a PC if the controller mapping just was different on PC than it would be on console. Well, sometimes between consoles it's different. Between PlayStation and Xbox? Yes. Sometimes the that? button mapping's different. I don't know why. No, I'm saying I haven't, I haven't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that in years. Like I, I knew that used to be a thing, but I haven't encountered that in several years. I can tell you, it was a thing on the last generation. Oh, okay, last gen. All right, cool. That's fine. Because, because remember, okay. I had PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, that's. That's and so there are games where I had that, like there are games where I had the same game across all of them, and the button mapping was different. That is so peculiar. Huh. Yeah, game. Yeah, controller maps. Controller mapping. I thought it was just universal. It is not universal. It is entirely dependent on the game. Huh. Yes, it is entirely dependent on the game. And I've had some where on PC, the button mapping for controller, even though it registers it the same, the controller mapping is different from PC to console. And there's no real, there's no reason for it. It's literally the same controller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. How are you liking Baldur's Gate so far now? Because it's the first time you, like, last episode you were, what, like 10 hours in, you'd say? <laughs> I was like 20 hours in. Okay. And how many hours are you in now? Do you I don't want to talk, talk about, about it. it. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. 
that's fair. That's totally uh, reason- that's totally reasonable. <laughs> this uh, a hundred twenty hours and thirty five minutes. Mm. Mm. Well, you know what? You are qualified to now share your Baldur's Gate opinion. And everyone take a step back while Bacon delivers an opinion that you really cannot argue with based on sheer weight of playtime. The game is extremely engaging. Um, It's definitely one of those games where you catch yourself uh, six to nine hours later going, how? Like there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this quest and then I'm go to bed and then my cat's looking at my cat is like woken up and is bothering me and I'm like, what's the issue? And I look at the clock and it's like two AM and I went, Oh. Um, uh yeah. I'm sorry, Dynamite. Uh, oh, you did you, have been in bed. I think uh did you know that I dozed off yesterday and like I was watching bacon I was serious on Discord and I was watching Bacon play and I think I like sat down in a chair and like well i'll say i was resting my eyes i'm over 40 and black so i was resting my eyes and (laughs) then i uh and then uh about maybe 25 30 minutes passed and i just sat back down and i was just like i fell the fuck asleep but you were still like playing i was like maybe if i just act like nothing happened (laughs) (laughs) oh no you were like missing and I went, yeah, I, I wonder I, if Aaron went to sleep. And it was actually like I was about to close out, but you had made it back to the chair. Okay, yeah, no, I, and I, I was like, yeah, I was resting oh, my eyes. well, he's back, so okay. I'm not going to close out the Discord. Okay, I was I was resting my <laughs> eyes. I was wide awake, <laughs> but resting my eyes. Please continue. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, because you're like, be right back. And I'm like, sure. And then like 30 minutes later, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> So I am going to look at bringing back the sleepy time streams. I mean, Baldur, so Baldur's Gate is weirdly good go for to bed. <laughs> I mean, the, the Stardew Valley streams at night were fucking, they, they were um, a masterpiece. I, I was putting chats to like 10 chats of 10 people to sleep. Yeah, everybody would just go to bed. And people would like be open about it. Like, no, 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 this is great. Like, real, we were real active until people started falling asleep. And it was great. <laughs> it was it was it was absolutely delightful. So it was like one by one. Right. And then at some point you were just playing Stardew Valley in a Twitch by yourself, and like one person was talking to you. So yeah. But yes, Baldur's Gate. hundred yeah, back to sleepy streams. 120 hours into Baldur's Gate. What do you think? So okay, so like like I said, it's it's very engaging. Um like you can really get into the weeds with it um there is out there there is so much player choice and just like bonkers batshit ways that you can resolve things um and it's very funny and it's very well done but i have significant um issues with the writing like i think the writing falls on un- the fa- the writing falls to me under um and, and this is something that I've been talking about for a while so if you've been listening for a while you, you, you this is not new um um I I think the writing has some significant ethical issues um hmm. there's the, you know there's the idea of like 
okay, well, we want to give players choice and, you know, we're not making players like choose to do evil or heinous things. Um, we also want to let players like have evil characters, which, okay, cool. You want to have like a villain arc, fine. Um, but at the same time, like these choices aren't created in a vacuum. So like every choice that you can make in the game is something that uh, the develop like the developers allow to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some side quests that I ran into that are so deeply problematic that like I don't un- and, and have no purpose. I don't know why they're there. They they serve no purpose, um, and they're also like quite intentional um, in in like how 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 they go. Um, uh, you can, uh, you can encourage slavery. You can take a cut of money from, uh, enslaved people, um, from, from people like from slavers. You can also just outright kill slavers, which I do. Um, although it also turns out that, um, killing slavers might break your paladin oaths, depending on what kind of paladin you are. Hmm. Uh, I am going to have to like I'm going to have to figure out that one in detail. Like I'm going to have to like make a paladin pace playthrough of what doesn't break my oath. Uh, I know the the paladin of vengeance one is like by the name extremely forgiving on what doesn't break your paladin <laughs> oath, but the there's other. <laughs> The other two are not so much forgiving uh, on that. So, like, I might have to make a playthrough specifically of what doesn't break my oath. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, you can be, like, an oathbreaker paladin. That's entirely, like, that is a that is a build. Like, once you, but, like, if you want to play a paladin and play true up to a paladin, you run into uh, white people ethics. Hmm. Um. And, you know, some of those white people ethics are, no, it's wrong to punch Nazis. Uh, newsflash, it is not wrong to punch Nazis. Not at all, no. They can go fuck themselves. Um, uh, like, there, and I, I mentioned this a bit, too, there's, like, there's fantasy racism. Like, there, there's, and I've, I played, uh, I played a, a drow throughout this campaign, and um, one thing that, you know, the game does is, like, all of the NPC, like all the game doesn't give lore to players. So players like don't really know why um, races are acting or like why people are acting certain ways towards races or et cetera, or what the backstory is behind those races. Um, and uh, like the, the drow, um, um drow in, like th- there's a couple there's a couple of races that like the, the bioessentialism was kind of built into uh some of the lore of some of these races right and they've been working on like removing some of that bioessentialism but uh some of that's made it into this game it's in it's in the background of the game and the npcs like treat the characters like that and so with drow there's like two different drow there's like there's um drow who worship Loth, and Loth is a giant evil spider lady queen who has a um uh of you know a 
it's a matriarchal society that practices actual misandry and uses men as like slaves and sex slaves because you know why would a white person why would like a white cis head dude uh create a society uh run a matriarchal society that uh wasn't actually misandrist <laughs> uh also the Githyanki. <laughs> so weird that the warlike tribe is led by an evil lich queen who feeds off of the bodies of to live forever. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so like Drow, like, you know, follow like uh they're they're they they there's actually a pantheon of gods, but like the like a bulk of them follow like this evil spider queen and golf. You know, there's there's literal sac ritual sacrifices to Wolf mm -hmm. uh, because, like I said, she eats people. Right. Um, and uh, uh, it is matriarchal. It's run by the pre like her priestesses. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, there's the goddess Shar, another matriarchal society. <laughs> <laughs> also, an evil demoness of the night. The drow don't worship her necessarily, but some drow do. Um. I was just thinking about that. I'm just like going through the evil goddess, like the evil gods. I'm like, oh yeah, Tiamat is a dra is an evil dragon goddess as well. Of course, <laughs> of course. Actually, like one of the most evil. Um, but yeah, so there's another subset of Drow called, and they worship uh, Illustre, and Illustre is actually the daughter of Wolf, and actually is actively goes against Wolf with uh, her brother. And, like, her entire goal is to, like, show Drow that there's, like, another way of living. Yeah. Because, well, like, again, there's a pantheon. And Wolf just happened to, in lore, like, kind of win a fight against the rest of the pantheon. But her children actually went, fuck you, mom. <laughs> um, you a whole ass hoe and a bitch. Um, <laughs> and are actively, like, fighting. But also, again, showing, like, Drow as... Um, that they can live another way. And like Illustrate following Drow are actually very well known in the universe. Like they're very well known. And like the game doesn't, tr like even like in, in fourth E and fifth ed, like they're very well known. Like it's not, it's been a long time since like they haven't been like a thing. Right. Um, and so, but the, but the game doesn't treat drow differently like you do ha if you do follow illustrate like you can say uh i'm not that kind of drow and be like i'm not that kind of negro um <laughs> but and, and that's what it sounds like it comes out as like i'm not one of those drow <laughs> <laughs> but like like i seriously like i i like you know i walked up to like i walk up and i'm like hello i'm i'm an i'm, I'm here to i'm a hero here to help you what's up and they're like oh i haven't seen one of your kind before and i'm like bitch i just rescued you <laughs> and you know a lot of people were telling me oh a lot of that drops in act three and i'm like well i got to act three and um it doesn't it's just different uh now they look at my drow um in a uh very um uh it like the, the exoticism right so they're just like, oh, hey there. I know what you're kind of into. You. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, uh, 
You mean asexual? I'm asexual. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and again, part of that is because, like, drow high priestesses literally make men drow service them with sex <laughs> and have, like, are known for their, quote, voracious appetites. <sighs> and there's, like, special techniques that the men drow use on you know, for their mistresses to please them. So there's like that whole thing of like hypersexualization and they treat your drought, they treat the drought with hypersexualization because you're now in the city. Okay. Now, I don't think people recognize what that looks like because they're probably like, Oh, they're just like hitting on your character, et cetera. And I'm like, that, that would have been me because I don't know enough about it. That would have been me. Well, so the thing is that sometimes the game swaps my characters when I load in because I do a lot of quick saves. Swap your character? Yeah, it'll swap the main character. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'll be talking as a Gith Yankee instead of my Drow. And uh, they're not hitting on the Gith Yankee. <laughs> they didn't just call my Gith Yankee a sexy thing. They didn't. They didn't call. Uh, they didn't call. Uh, um, my my really hulked out elf uh, elf compadre. Uh, they didn't call him uh, uh, all sorts of uh, uh, interesting phrases. <laughs> About about his body that could be said honestly about his body. <laughs> that elf is stacked. <laughs> that elf is so stacked. When he like officially joins the party, like every single party member has something uncouth to say about him. And I'm just like, I need all of you to be less horny. Be professional. Why are you being horny? At professionalism, me people. Professionalism. <laughs> I was just like, like, like I, I, I was expecting it from Lazelle because Lazelle is like very explicit in what she says. She's just like, she was talking about like how, how his prowess and how he could fight. And she's like, he'd be of use of him, especially with those like thick ham sized arms of his. And I'm like, ma'am. <laughs> Professionalism. <laughs> Fuck. I expected it from Lazelle, but it was literally every character in camp. And I'm like, hello. You have to have that 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 emergency meeting on Monday <laughs> regarding how to treat your coworkers. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I'm like, I'm like, we're gonna, we need to tone it down. Like, 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 listen, we know that just because we're all pretty sure that Halson is uh fine with all of this and has a um wild free spirit um swinger self he is absolutely a swinger um <laughs> like actually he 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 is he is an ethical polyamory only character like um, if you want to romance another character like or have like a romance with the character he's like he'll be like let me let me let like i need to have a talk with you with your partner just to make sure like everything is 
Or like you, you run into a pair of like drow sex workers and he's like, they remind me of my youth. And I'm like, <laughs> are you interested in house? And he's like, oh, I'm very. I'm like, okay, <laughs> turning, let's turn down the horny. Everybody calm down. Please, guys. <laughs> I'm uh, like, well, hello. What's the name of this character? I got to look now. What's the name of this character? Halson. He is a um, he is an elf. He's a wood elf uh, who's got a lot of meat on him. He is he, he also can shape change into a bear, but he is very large. Oh, I see. All yeah. Right. Oh, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like Thor. Uh, OK, he's like, OK, he's like major. With a brain, though. He's very smart. Yes. Oh, okay. He has too much going on. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I understand. That's fine. Yeah, no, he he's nice. He's responsible. He's a leader. He's older. His youth is behind him, and he knows what he wants. So nothing you find in real life. Ah, I see. He's at max. <laughs> he's such a fantastical male character that um even the characters are taken aback and immediately aroused. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, immediately. They were all horny when he joined the party, and I was just like... I was not expecting any of this. <laughs> he's a, he is a he is a um he's heavy in the shoulders. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. I was just like Jesus. His arms are huge. Jesus. Well, this makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that is one thing I liked about Boulder's Gate is they have like two elf bodies. There's like the wafy elf that we're all used to, and then there's like muscle elf. <laughs> and I and of course like I picked the muscle elf build because like, I of course why would I mean you saw my drow this uh she's um yeah she carries uh she's very she's carries a lot of presence a lot of presence <laughs> also she tower yeah. how tall is she she like towers over everybody you interact with actually yes yeah um she like six my, five six six no I, I gotta be taller she's like six ten. She's Probably. I was just saying, is she like big seven two, lady? Uh, yeah, because like the only characters that my drow isn't taller than are uh, Minx, who is giant human, Halson, and Carlac. Like they're they're taller than they're they're taller than everybody. But Carlac and um, my drow have the same like there's the same build. They basically use the same kind of build model for like a couple of the different races. Right. Um. So for like the tieflings and the muscle elves and probably the muscle humans, like mm -hmm. it's the same like build. Um, but like the Githyanki are just like itty. They're just they're just they're just itty, which is fine because like they they're just they're small, but that doesn't stop them from being monsters, just damage monsters. Holy shit. Um so yeah, there's there's a uh like as, as I was mentioning, there's like significant eth ethical issues. Um, like I ran into a quest where this um, lady wanted me to bring her a Githyanki egg. Right. Uh, Githyanki lay eggs, so she was asking me to bring her a child. What was she gonna do with it? Uh, let me see if I have the video. Um, if we can't hear it from my audio, we can, uh, I can have you play it. Um, Honestly, I was doing them a favor offering to buy one of their eggs. And how am I repaid? Attacked and run off like some transient. What? No, of course not. I was merely 
Look, it's just an egg. The Society of Brilliance asked me to acquire one of their reborn in their tradition. Please, do enlighten me. What is this tradition? The Society believes a Githyanki raised in a peaceful, nurturing environment can overcome its violent nature. I'm sure your friend would agree. A Githyanki is as likely to forsake its violent nature as a gnome is to fly. Like, I want you to bring me a Githyanki egg. And I'm like, bitch, why do you want me to bring you a Githyanki egg? And she's like, well, you so, so like the Society of Brilliance, uh, their society that is meant, that is geared towards um, uh, research on the Underdark, which is where Drow and Jorgar and all these other like naturally violent races live. Just wonderfully naturally violent races that are always at war with each other. Hmm. Um, uh, live in the Underdark, and they're like, part of the problems are because resources are scarce, uh, etc. And, um, you know, not taking into account there's literally ideological warfare down there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so they they wanted to take a Githyanki egg and away from the Githyanki and raise it to see, like, if you can, like, uh, like nurture versus nature to see if like the violence is genetic. Ah, I see. Totally above board science. Right. But like the language, like it's very clear, like what this person is trying to do and the language that is trying to use. And like, it's also like, again, like the language that is, is, is written for this care, this NPC character for the side quest is very explicit. Um, this wasn't like a mistake. It wasn't a joke. Like it's it's very it's very clear. And like um, somebody else had found like some content later on that they're like, I'm pretty sure this has to deal with some other content like further down the road. Um, and but that just like got axed or something. And I'm just like. It doesn't matter why this is in the game. Like, it shouldn't be in the game. Right. And, like, you have the option of taking the egg and, like, just giving it to her. And I'm like, why is that an option? Like, what purpose does this serve? To try to give, like, an evil character more options? Why? Right. You can be like, evil without um, trafficking a, a, a newborn. Yeah, and you can be evil without trafficking a newborn while using language that is used against marginalized people, like, forever. Like, that's the same exact same logic that was used against indigenous people and against black folks. Mm -hmm. like, word for, like, word for word. Like, people genuinely believe this. It's like what, like, you know, some uh, uh, white folks who, are, who do, like, savior adoptions. Like, this is, like, specifically what they do. And, like, that's not even getting into the system of, like, adoption is, in this country, is basically human trafficking. Um, uh, the way it's set up in our in our U.S. system, at the very least, it's real bad. Like, if you don't know about it, please look into it. It's not great. Um, 
it's a and yeah so like it's like 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 i said the character the character language is extremely intentional and there's a lot of stuff like that in sprinkled throughout the game and it just it i i will be sitting there genuinely enjoying myself for about like fit like 10 to 15 to 20 hours right and then i run into something like this and it makes me so upset it ruins that like 10 to 20 hours right and so it's just like like every every single time I come across that stuff, it's like I'm like okay, like it it's like I know that this game was like specifically not made for me or people like me. It was made for like these kinds of people in mind, and um, that kind of shit bugs it. Like it really it really bothers me. And then, like, of course, like, act, I'm now, like, in Act 3. I'm towards the end of Act 3. And there's a lot of, like, like, Act 3 feels, like, super rushed. Like, like it's definitely clear, like, they were trying to, like, get this out before, like, all of this other bullshit, all these other games are coming out because they all came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, or we're just, like, like, we just need to get this out. But, like, it, it acted, like, bugs aside, because Act 3 also has a lot of bugs. There's just a lot of things that happen and resolve in ways that don't match what's happening with the characters um like i've run into this character this one specific character like multiple times i'm not going to say who i'm not going to say in what situations but like they have watched me and have commented on all of the things i've done in my adventure right so Towards the, towards the end of the game, they're like, you're going to either help us or we're going to kill you. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck makes you think you can kill me? Like, <laughs> and and like their character, too, is a, is very calculating. Right. And like they're, they're the kind of character it is like weighs heavily like losses and benefits. Right. And, you know, they take note of what's going on in the world. So that kind of character being like, like, join, ending with a join us or fight after all the shit they've seen does not make sense with that character. Hmm. And I'm not saying this because, like, I'm a person who's, like, adverse to conflict because that's not quite how I play my game. Uh, I usually end up playing my game with, uh, this is a situation where there's a lot of enemies and I don't have a lot of allies. So let's, like set things up so it will go in my favor and then I'll initiate a combat if I need to. It makes sense. Because sometimes, like, there's multiple solutions for things. So, like, sometimes you can uh, kill, uh, you you can uh, defeat an entire encounter with people dead without taking out your sword at all. I think I saw you do that. I saw you um I saw you push a boss into a pit that they were trying to traversing next to. You kind of threw them into the pit, called it good. I can't remember which one that was, but yes, I've I've definitely thrown people into the pits before. Yes. Um uh there's actually one boss fight where like honestly, like that's optimal strategy is is a uh uh, uh crowd control people off of the edge while you can like and so then you can fight the actual main boss Hmm. because the those enemies uh boost the boss because like uh, sometimes a lot of a way the lot of the boss fights work is there's a lot of like trash 
and the trash will do stuff to like augment the boss. Like there's one fight where there's a lot of like enemies that are there and the boss will actually like eat them for lunch and power up. Right. But if you kill all the enemies before he can eat them, one, it's a, an achievement and he doesn't power up. I didn't actually know that until I saw the achievement and I'm like, oh, they were just annoying. And I like killing the annoying things off to focus on the big baddie because then I only have to focus on the big baddie. Because right. you've got one motherfucker over there who's trying to cast slow and slow means I can only do one action, one thing per turn. And that is the most annoying shit in the world. That motherfucker needs to die. <laughs> And there's, there's, you know, I mean, like, so they, you know, there's, you know, you can, stuff like you can, you can, you can do a full bank heist. You can do heists on all kinds. Of, there are so many different hijinks that you can do and it's very fun and engaging, but the um, unethical writing and the fantasy racism really uh, get in the way for me. And I'm definitely envious of people who can like turn their brain off to play stuff. But I unfortunately am not that person. I I can't ignore things. <laughs> well, I mean, you shouldn't. In this instance, it it it's it's a valid critique of the game. Um, and there's just it's better than the hand waving I read around these discussions. And it's so you shouldn't. <laughs> You really yeah. can't, you're better off for not ignoring, not being capable of ignoring them. There's also uh there's also another origin path that you can take. Right. Um called uh, a dark urge. And I don't think it should exist at all as as a place. Like I I under I understand why people like like it, um, uh, but it's also being lauded as like some of the most fantastic writing, and I think it's intellectually lazy. Um I, I think it's actually unethical writing and also intellectually lazy writing, mm -hmm. um, which in turn makes me believe that it, that is not a good story. Uh, uh, they, they have had some heated arguments about this with people, and I don't think they, I don't know why they thought I would budge. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, like, so the premise of this is that, um, so there's like three half gods kind of there's like and one of them is is a is a repeated figure throughout the Baldur's Gate universe which again this is not explained very well at all because this game you, this game ha acts like you know what's going on when you enter it like you know the previous Baldur games like Baldur Gate Baldur's Gate games like you know the the lore that it's pulling from right. and um it like the uh, that assumption does such a disservice to the game, um, like such a huge disservice. So like, there's a, a god of murder essentially. It's called Ball. Like, um, he's uh, and he um, demands like murder sacrifices. Like you you have to like do a murder sacrifice in a way that he would accept. This also involves like murder as an art form. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, the Dark Urge character is actually from a ball spawn, um, uh, bloodline. So, like, the idea of it is that you have, like, this curse that, like, causes you to, like, do 
acts of violence because of something that is in your blood, which that entire premise is like that, that whole premise to me is bad. Like that is <laughs> like, like, like that, that, that the entire premise of that I think is an issue. <laughs> the, the, you are e like evil by nature of your bloodline. So, so do you think um, it's adherence to the source? Is it because um, so if this is just like written in in the lore, then do you think um, and there are already changes being made? Um, how do you think that they? How do you think you like weave in a change to what is like core mechanics? and kind of um, still kind of shift it to the modern day. Well, the thing sense. is, is like those shifts have already been happening and they just ignore all of those shifts. The game ignores all of the shifts. Those shifts don't exist in the game. Is it because it's from a different version of D&D? &D? Like no, different... it's from 5th edition. Oh, so, oh. This is the, the most current. It, it's based off of the most current edition. Oh. And some of these changes started back in 4th ed. Oh, how old is uh, fifth edition and fourth? I guess uh, fourth. When did fifth edition's been out several years? Okay. Uh, let me look at the official release date. Um, two thousand eight. It says yeah. that the four, uh, fourth edition was uh, introduced. Hmm. Yeah. Fourth edition was in, introduced in like 2008. I want to say, yeah, fifth was fifth edition was 2014. Um, do you think it's because the uh, also because the game was uh, so long in development? I think it took like seven years for this game to exist. No, because some of these changes, like I said, were already in seventh. We're in fourth edition. Ah, and like uh, oh. the um, like some of the bioessentialism stuff was like removed halfway through. Uh, fifth edition and that doesn't that actually doesn't exist in um in uh boulder's gate so like the way so with boulder uh so how it was is like certain races had like stat bonuses and so you it made it so like certain races were more suited for other classes so like half orcs were unintelligent to start with so like they all they like orcs had like stat bonuses specifically to like i want to say it was specific to strength and constitution and you had some races like elves which like had high intelligence i think wood elves it's wisdom and high elves it's intelligence so what they started doing in like about partway through fifth edition is they started like removing that and making it so you get a plus two to whatever stat and a plus one to whatever stat. And then you can, uh, that way you can tailor it to whatever class you wanted to play. So if you were playing, if you decided like, I want to be a half-orc sorcerer or I want to be a half-orc wizard, you can have like a plus two to int and a plus two to what, and a plus one to whatever. So it made it so that you can choose where you wanted to put your bonus stat. And some some races they didn't end up having bonus stats, but they had bonus skills. So it'd be like, okay, so you're like a 
uh, a class that a race that like lives underwater. So like you have like a bonus to nature and survival because you fucking live under the water. <laughs> shit, shit like that. Um, um, uh, or if you like, you're a specific like race that lit like a city version of a race. Like you have a bonus to sleight of hand because y'all are pickpocketing everybody. And I'm like, well, I'm like, that's kind of problematic. I'm also just like, let me pip pocket everybody. I'm going to rob everybody. Um, you saw me in the vault yesterday. Uh, <laughs> let me use my magic to rob a bank. Um, what do you mean there's no doors? But I can see on the other side. I'll make a door with the mention door. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, from my understanding, though, they uh, the the writer that they consulted to to work on this game that Larry consulted is actually one of the uh, more problematic writers hmm. in um, uh, with the with the current D and D uh, and is responsible for a lot of stuff. Um, it's a uh, Mike Merles. Is that, is that Mike Merles? Yes. Okay. He's basically one of the lead creators of um uh fifth edition. Right. Um and uh he's uh basically uh uh he's basically, you know, known for being like pretty homophobic and uh uh, sexual abuse. Hmm. Uh, and um, also, um, there's um, there there's like a lot of um, there there's a lot of there's just like a lot of reasons. Like he he's a, he's a he's a fucking asshole. Um. There's. There's a lot. I'll have to go into it again because, like, I, it's one of those things where I have to like pull up a bunch of stuff. Um, but he's uh, definitely known for misogynistic behavior, uh, homophobic behavior, and just generally ra like racist shit. He's uh, he's just he's a shithead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a uh, not well beloved in a large section of the tabletop community, even amongst people who uh, actually would normally like him and his behavior. Really? He's even offended other racists? Yeah, he's even offended them. Well, good on him. That's an achievement. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not great. And uh, that's who Larian consulted with. I don't know why they would consult with him about it. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know. Like, he's like a well-known shithead. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, reading it now, yes. Oh, you? yeah, you found. Oh, dear. <laughs> I love it when Aaron finds out information. All right. Well, he's um, he's a neo. Uh, 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 so as far as I can tell, he's a homophobic neo-Nazi. Yes. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, the, I see where the <laughs> uh, the unethical comes in. Because um, if I can look at if I can look him up for uh, literally forty seconds and discover things that um, I didn't know, then um, if you're about to make your game and you need to consult someone, you probably can also take the minute to consult to type his name into Google and see what comes up. So I understand what you're saying. Aside from writing um, unethical decisions in the name of having an um, evil air quotes character, um, it's also unethical to um, look for guidance from your uh, from the neo-Nazi responsible for the game. Like, you can do better with almost anyone else. So, yeah. I understand. Yep. It's uh pretty bad, and so yeah, that's who. <laughs> it's it's uh once I found out that they consulted, it was um. It was uh. Not surprising. It was not surprising to find that out. Uh, I am looking forward to playing this game multiplayer with friends because also uh, all of my friends know me. They know me quite well. They know where I stand on things, and uh, they know my viewpoints. They also know uh, where I... Um, uh, they don't quite know the levels of uh, uh, chaos I do, mm -hmm. but they also do chaos in games. But they, they, they do know that like I've got some very, very hard lines. Um Oh yeah, sorry. The other part with the Dark Urge character, because like the Dark Urge character also connects narratively with like some some main story events and gives like a further context about those main story events. Mm -hmm. uh, you could do that without this character, and also like part of like being like uh, uh, like you know bail spawn as they like call it is you have this thing called the Dark Urge where like you um, have the urge to do just like acts of violence or murder. And uh, there is, like, an entire cutscene that you can't get out of that you are, like, forced to do. And it's, it's sort of like, it's a, it's, a, it's, a villi it's a villain story arc where you can work to no longer be the villain or you continue being the villain. And, like, you can uh, roll against your dark urges to, like, not give in to them, but you have to succeed on the roll. Oh, dear. So... So you can just end up murdering people for like no reason because oh. it's dark urge. Um, the fact that it comes down to a dice roll is uh, I, I don't like that. Yeah. Like I mean, I feel much better about if it gave you like the options like and you could like granted, I don't think this thing should exist at all. But like if it has to exist, I don't think it should be um like, you know, if you want to resist, you should have the option of just resisting. Right. Like, it, it comes down to, like, they take it completely out of your hands. And so it's, like, hailed as, like, this is, like, a really great role-playing experience. And I just, I cannot agree. <laughs> now, I understand this is my subjective opinion. <laughs> and I have many an unpopular opinion. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I, 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 I take a lot of issues with it, and of course, like I said, like how it's connected, it just, it, it, that, 
the entire premise bothers me. And then, of course, a lot of people are like, you should play Dark Urge because it's the best storyline. And I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> why? I'm not saying you can't. Absolutely. Go have fun. Why are you telling me to? That is a little bit of a, that is a little ignorant and not aware of the brand. Because uh, you would not be for that shit. Not no, even, not even slightly. like I, I was actually very thankful for my homie as as immediately went bacon do not play the dark urge character and I'm like what are you talking about and then they gave me a short breakdown and I went oh yeah no <laughs> yeah no I couldn't uh I couldn't deal with human lives coming down to a dice roll I can't see people who could though um I can see that that is a two face that is a that is two face from Batman's energy. Just, mm-hmm. just letting it heads or tails and see what happens. So, yeah, no, that would make me well, furious at some point. Well, and the thing that I don't mind about Two Face is like with Two Face, it isn't because of his bloodline, right? Two Face went through an extremely traumatic incident and it fucked him up. It did. <laughs> and you know, Gotham has the best of mental health services. Well, if it, it it can't get it, it has to be bad, or else who else is Batman going to um, throw around? Right. The entire premise of Batman requires Gotham having terrible mental health services. Yeah, very little support for the um, struggling citizens of Gotham. I mean, besides Batman dropping you out of a fire, dropping you off a fire escape. <laughs> so. All right. Is there still a developing opinion about Baldur's Gate? Is a good question. No, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm pretty solid in my opinion. I, I already, so I, I know, um, I, so it, it kind of sucks because, like, so I normally play through games the first time without like any guides, without looking up anything. But this game's kind of hard to do that with. A Baldur's and, game some cases near impossible really uh, yes that's because the uh battlegrounds are so like there's so much minutia in each battleground that you were there's there's one there's a lot of minutia there's also a lot of ways to lock your out like lock yourself out of stuff that you want to do huh. and um there's also like a lot of your decisions have like can go like if you make a decision it can go three to four different ways um and so it there were some instances in which I needed to make sure the decision I would make would not make me quit the game. Hmm. Because uh, you know, like I am a person who has a hard time. Like I, it's not that I don't want to do the wrong thing. Like it, like I'm afraid that my action will lead to something that would do like be wrong. Right. But like, if my if I make a decision. And it turns out to go completely against my morals and ethics. Um, I wouldn't be able to continue. Like I, I would, I would have to stop playing. Um, because like the way these games are set up is like once that happens, it's done. Like there's no, you can't fix it. In real life, you can fix that. Like, even if it doesn't, like, turn out hunky-dory, handy-dandy, if you fuck up in real life, like, 
there's there's a way to fix it. Hmm. There, this is not like in games. If you fuck up, they don't they don't make they don't allow ways for that. There's no ways for you to fix it. So, um, which is something I would like to see actually in it, like, which is something I would like to see implemented in games in general when they have like player choice leads to consequences. It's like, yeah, if you fuck up, you should be able to like fix your mistake Hmm. without going 40 hours back. I mean, that would be interesting. Almost like a, um, junction log where you can pop in and out where you can pop into, um, certain events that happened in the past you wouldn't have known that you wouldn't have known what the consequences are or how to adjust so you have to now that you know you'd like to go back which makes sense or like not even go back like just like okay so this was a fucked up what can i do right now to fix it Ah, like like okay like you know say like um um, if you, uh, like if, if you can't like rescue a certain person and they die, right. That, that person is inter is like, uh, has an effect on other characters, right. If there's something you can do for those characters to like bring like a resolution around. Like you can't, you can't like save a person, but you can like make the situation not as god awful. Right. Uh stuff like that. If like you don't have the opportunity to save somebody, but maybe maybe you can save them later, but they might not they but saving them later, they might not be able to help you. Like they still might not be able to help you, but maybe somebody else can. Hmm. Like, you know, that's tied to that character. Something. Like just like expanding ways of just being like Ways to like, like I had no idea this was gonna happen, and some of it is like, um, really out of nowhere. Like it doesn't make sense because, like I said, there's like some ties where it's just like this is completely against like the 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 way the characters were. Um, but they just like shoot it, it kind of shoehorned a thing in there. It's actually, um, funny enough, it's a testament to how uh, engaging the game actually is uh, that you are currently here. The, what was the last game you played with uh, this type of ethical, continuous ethical writing issue? It was Bioware right? games! It was massive. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, <laughs> I was about to say, all right. I mean, I have the same issues with, like, fallout like i i actually didn't i think it was like was it uh fallout 4 or fallout new vegas i just decided i decided not to finish because i didn't like the ending and then i found out the ending that i wanted the hoops that you had to join i just didn't have access to hmm, okay uh there's like so it took a long time but apparently there is a path to the route that i did want like the ending i did want with fallout 4 but you, it it's so specific, and there's so many different ways to fuck it up that it it actually makes me more angry finding it out later. Uh, Hegs and I were talking about that in the Discord one day. I was like, I will never forget that. I was just like, 
what do you mean I have to choose between one of these three factions when they're fucking horrible? And the only good faction is the one I'm part of. Why is this one good faction not in like not an option? And also bugs can keep you out of that option. So like when they're like, you must choose between one of the three, I went, no, I'm not. And just didn't continue the just didn't finish the actual story. The story the story pauses after that when you don't pick anything? I just didn't do it. I just kept going through the wasteland doing side quests until I got until I did all of the quests and then just stopped playing. Hmm. I also built like mansions. <laughs> yeah. That I built some amazing fortresses. See, that is a testament to Baldur's Gate, then. <laughs> because um, you can you you can be um, forced to fuck off in a game. You've established the precedent that you are you could, if it came down to it, just stop playing this shit. So. Yep. I uh, w w there there's a reason why I also had to look ahead to make sure that I was like okay. If I make this decision, can I live with it 40 hours later? <laughs> okay, I can live with that decision 40 hours later, even if I don't like it. There's a few of them where there was no way in hell I was going to be able to. And the skill checks on those were really high, and I did not like that. Like, there, there's some parts where, like, even if like you do the pre the, the prerequisite things to make the skill checks easier, the skill checks are just still disgustingly high. Like you're not really meant to pass that. Hmm. And uh, like I said, I ran. I have I have continuously run into white people ethics. Um. And then, yeah, like, like uh, the, the Mass Effect trilogy. And I'm going to also say the Dragon Age trilogy. Um, You'd be horrible in Dragon Age. The Dragon Age I was a little bit less familiar with. Uh, you could be pretty shitty in Dragon Age. Um, uh, you, you could be pretty shitty in Dragon Age. Uh, it wasn't as it wasn't to the level of you could be a full on white supremacist in, uh, in uh, the, the Mass Effect trilogy. Right. But you could you could be pretty shitty. Like you could you could do some you could like do some fucked up shit to mages for like no fucking reason or just anybody. Um, it was Inquisition that was like so like with the Dragon Age series, they also started kind of like retconning some of the stuff as they like what were going further. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in Inquisition wasn't as um, bad about it, whereas you know Mass Effect Three was terrible. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I uh I'm like I'm like the fact that you can the, the level of of allowance of character choice and behavior is on the devs. Um they can't hand wave it. They wrote it. They put it in the game. You can't you can't hand rate hand wave it as like, oh well we can't control what players do. And I'm like, well, you kind of can actually. You, you objectively can. You control. objectively can. Like that's that's what you're doing. Um you're you're allowing characters, like 
like allowing characters to uh uh request the profits from slave trading instead of turning them in is a choice that's a dev choice to this point i um like you can literally be like you're a slaver and they're like yeah and it'd be like give me a cut of your money or i'll kill you That's like I, that's why I kind of my my goal is um, I would just like to be a part of one of these projects, just at least even tangentially in the periphery, so that I could just point out um, unethical writing. Like, why are these things options that the player can partake in, and which players are you um, catering to with these options? And if you took it out of the game. Who would be mad? And it's probably a Venn diagram. The Venn diagram is like a big circle of people who are you're catering to and would be mad if you took this out of the game. And the group of people do not need to be part of your user base. I'm willing to argue. We don't need to cater to those people at all. In any narrative. Right. Like, why is it necessary? Right. Are we gonna? The official term is uh, the bio, the Bioware problem. I, that is what I've been calling it. That's the um. I might, you know, I might have a vendetta against Bioware, but I have been calling it the Bioware problem. Though I know it goes beyond Bioware. I mean, it's honestly a D and D problem. But I, because we're talking specifically about video games, I like calling it the Bioware problem. Yeah. Is it a D&D problem? Because it seems as though, like... I mean, yeah. this is... Like, the game is, like, playing... Like I said, the game is, like, playing, um a t like, a really good, like, D&D &D game, but with a, like, a, a you know, with a, a white DM who thinks that, like, slavery and torture are um uh, good writing. Yeah. You know, for it to, to, like, make the environment feel real. <laughs> Oh goodness! Because um, I'll tell you right now, I don't, I don't need that. It's fine. Nothing, nothing seems more valid with the inclusion of um, of uh, atrocities. Well, all all of my favorite DMs, because like I play, I play a lot of D and D. A lot of my favorite DMs are like, what are what are your no nos? What what are what are the things that you don't want in the campaign? And I'll tell you. And so like, um, you know. Me and my black friends are always like, we don't want slavery. Like, like we don't, we don't want to engage with. Like, we don't want there to be just like slaves in the game because, like, in the in the campaigns, like even in like some like some of the campaigns, like that there are just slaves around. And so, like a lot of like me, and my black friends are just like, we we don't want that. And then you know, uh, me, I found out that like, like through you know through playing like one of the campaigns there's like an option where like there's there's like a, a, a way of like handling a villain and it was like but and like it was one of those where like oh uh somebody made a suggestion and like i thought about the suggestion of how to handle this character and like i realized that it was torture and i was just very, very not okay with that right and so i was like I'm like, actually, no, this is a hard limit. 
And so, and they're like, so are you like against us? I'm like, I'm not against like, you know, killing the bad guy because like in, in this situation, if the bad guy wasn't killed, they were actually going to come back and kill again. Like that was like that. They're, they're a hag. Right. We were fighting like an actual hag. And like, there was like only one way to, there's only one way to handle hags in the universe because otherwise they keep coming back. And so I was like, no, 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 no. Offing her is fine. Torture is not fine. Let's just get it done. I understand. I do. So um, there's one of those where I was just like, I was just like, my character is chaotic good, but it's still good. Like, like the good is still there. Like, this is not going to work with it. Like, what is being proposed is not going to work with my character. It's also not going to work with me. But like, that's just not, that's not going to work because this is what it amounts to. Um, uh, um, and like, I'm like, even if it's like an evil being, like, I don't think torture is okay. Um, I am not daredevil. <laughs> I will never stop daredevil slander because it's not slander. It's truth. <laughs> Fuck I mean, daredevil. Um, <laughs> uh, so like, and, and, you know, there's other stuff. Like I had an, like, you know, it was actually the same campaign where I was just like, I had to think about it. And I was just like, I'm okay with bugs, but I can't do detailed descriptions because of my entomophobia is super bad. And um, there are some cases, there are some parts of the campaign where like you, you can't get around that. <laughs> and so my DM would be like, take off your headphones because we're doing it online. And I was like, cool. And then they would like wave at the screen when it was fine and be like to my, char to my character. And you see nothing. <laughs> and you see nothing. <laughs> like you don't, you don't see anything. You, there's there's nothing there <laughs> so like they they made it so like my character does not perceive any bug or insect <laughs> or spiders or anything they don't my character they don't exist in my character hmm. or would like their shape would change so it'd be like this is like a fae, some kind of fae creature or illicit. You don't know what it is. <laughs> Disassociations for my character. Let's go. Um, last thing, I guess the last thing I'll ask is, um, how do you think that they write a situation like, um, uh, how do you think they write certain situations? Uh, let's say what you were telling me about the slaver earlier. How do you adjust that? Um, out of you know, because it seems as though there are ways to still tell the story. Um, that is better than the way that they chose to tell it. And I was like, do you think that there's a window large enough for that, or is it like, or is it the is it the writers, or is it the you know the source material? I mean, or... yeah, it, it's all of the above. And to be honest, it's like if you're going to like include slavery in your game, which like we can't stop really people from doing it, you don't have to give the option of engaging with it. Uh. Like, I don't think that's better. I don't think like like listen, I like um, me kill the slavers. But so, like, if you want to play a kill character that is a strict pacifist, 
Uh, or if you want to play a, like an evil character, you could also just give the option of not part, not doing anything. Instead of an explicit intimidation option to be like, give me the give me the proceeds or I'll tell the tell the essentially the guard that you're here. Hmm. Um, like you don't that's not necessary. So then I'm like, so then I'm I find while they are different games. And oh yeah, there's also like a persuasion option too, where you can be like, you know, I want you to free that person. And in response, they're like, here, I'm giving this person to you for free. And I'm like, that's not what I was doing. <laughs> so like if you use a there's another there's like a persuasion and another intimidation option where like free this motherfucker or I'll kill you. Or like, you should just free that motherfucker. And they'll be like, here you go. I'm giving this slave to you. This slave is yours now. Again, like partaking in the trade when it's like, that's not what was happening here. Now, did I go through after they were freed? Like after I found out and just like killed everybody? Absolutely. Because I was very unhappy. Um, I asked because... Uh... It's becoming a blanket rule that folks don't have the range to talk about slavery or display slavery in their games. Because I'm thinking about like, so you're in it and you have the option of not partaking in slavery. It's something that you want. And then like in Final Fantasy 16, you kind of just like, it's a different game, mind you. It's not an open-ended D&D campaign of a video game. But their choice was to have slavery exist on the boundary on the bounds in front of you but almost through glass where your character is not capable clive is not capable of interaction with it and really making any meaningful change well i mean look at tales of arise it handled the entire thing with nuance okay okay that's good I'm going to actually make that I'm going to make that note because I, I remember I was I was actually shocked that that game came out of a Japanese studio. <laughs> I was like I was sitting there I was like I did not expect like one of the most like actual well thought out and nuanced takes on slavery in a video game to come from a Japanese studio because they can't do that either. Now, I'm not saying it was perfect. It was not. There were a lot of uh pink flags as i'm calling them not fully red flags but like washed out like they went through the washing machine several times faded some faded red flags some pink. faded red flags like some some old ideas and also a lot of like optimism that i just don't have um and very anime, but it was still like, you know, one of the things I appreciated about it greatly was like, at no point does it excuse. There's zero point in the game where they excuse what happened. Hmm. And, you know, they, they do talk about they're like, you know, people are going to have to live next to each other. And now what? Like, how do you live next to a person who's abused you your entire life for centuries? Killed your family even like, how, how do you do that? Um, and the game doesn't give an answer. Like, the, and of course, like the only like answer is is like if we all work together, 
hopefully we can like make a better like like I said optimism I don't have um <laughs> but it's also designed for teens so <laughs> there's some Japanese game designed for te- teens etc but it, again like it, there was actually like thought that actual thought that went into it and I'm not against that I think I'm gonna I think this data I'd like to collect because I'd like to know uh what games have a reasonable slave narrative um, because I don't think I don't think that most writers have the range in my experience. No, why don't they, Aaron? No, uh, because they're not black or connected to the black experience in any meaningful way, and um, are throwing <laughs> slavery on like seasoning onto a chicken cutlet, and not actually anything meaningful that it reflects that forces them to reflect on how they um, are currently living. You know, and, like, other stuff what they use is they also try to make, like, analogies to it. Like, you see this a lot with, like, like magic users or um, fucking robots. I'm so tired of the android slavery narrative. That, that, uh, I remember uh, the, uh, the last DSX game. Uh, did that it was a uh, it was a game that took place and it was trying to do the slavery i remember it was that game that actually had like the um, robot lives matter advertising campaign before it got removed before it got yelled at and told it's forced to stop doing that where the core narrative was that uh, they had actually made a um a city for folks with robot parts because um everyone with a cybernetic implant um was um activated by the guy who created them he hit a kill everything button in all of his parts and everyone with a cybernetic implant um, started beating the hell out, killing everyone around them for a bit. And as a result, everyone's cybernetic implants are, um, are rounded up into a city and treated like second and third class citizens. And uh, they are trying very hard to connect that to the black experience, missing the fact that Negroes don't have a kill button. We don't have a kill button. We don't we don't have a kill button, you see. So it's like again, and it's the hardest thing for narrative slave narratives to get is that the slaves didn't do anything wrong. Right. Oh, and back that like circling this back to the Dragon Age conversation is you know, they're like, well, mages are slaves. No, mages turn it can turn into literal Again, not figured literal demons yes. that eat people and enslave people. Yes, they're actually dangerous. They, they're actually dangerous. Black people were not, we're not actually there's, dangerous. There is no amount of fried chicken you can give me that will turn me into a demon in which I will start beheading people. No like amount. It, it it wasn't it wasn't just a oh they could they might be dangerous sort of thing. They don't know their own. No, they actually would make like would get corrupted by demons turn into abominations and then murder people the entire thing that happened in the mage tower in like uh the first fucking game is even in the second game like there's there are literal abominations in all games of mages turning into that like like that is an actual thing that happens now the fact that they also went underwent abuse and like also in some cases felt that it was like their last thing chance yes but like you have the Taventers who both do slavery with other mages and our mages and do blood magic and abomination like 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 you can't have that conversation like white people ethics 
<laughs> right. I'm like, black people are not dangerous. They're just we, people. Right. We, we are all just people. So if you're making the metaphor, it only works if it's with just people. Just people. Like, not... It it, it it doesn't work. That, that's specifically why the metaphors don't work. Like, the second you have like, any supernatural anything, um, inhuman anything, the allegory does not work because we are just people. When you write these stories, even if you mean well, your racism is the first thing that we see because you refuse to allow us to be your metaphor for black people. One, you're using a metaphor for black people. Um Two, instead of just black instead people. of just black people one and two you're not allowing them to be considered innocent even in your even in your understanding of what a black like person or a black adjacent character creation is they're not innocent which means you agree with the racists you agree with them well whatever wherever whatever you've done with that information it started with you agreeing with the racists and then your information and understanding evolved from agreeing with racists foundationally. And that's what we see. So understand that if you are white and listening to this, and you are writing a story and listening to this, and it might involve slavery, and you're listening to this, listen to this. You really stop. Don't do this. Don't do it. It is always chattel slavery, like specifically black right. chattel slavery. Like I mentioned this, I think, on the last podcast. There are so many instances across the world of slavery. Now, I don't think it is right, but everybody hones in on specifically black chattel well, slavery. Well, well, black slaves, we, well, black slaves were the only legitimate dangerous slaves because we were from the, um, the smoky lands of Africa. <laughs> so... Obviously, we were the most dangerous slaves, as we are um, still here to this day, being dangerous, am I right? Super dangerous. Max danger. Very dangerous. and uh, Peak dangerous. So so dangerous that um, you can't, you, that uh, it, it's in our bloodline. Yep. That's why, um, you know, that lady has, you know, that lady might as well ask for a little black kid to see if she can, uh, you know, keep him from the fried chicken and the basketball. <laughs> Maybe if she raised him with more books and uh, I guess more cottage cheese, he would turn away from the ills of, um, of, of gang violence and fried chicken. She's going to give it a go. Not the gang violence and fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a dangerous it's a siren song to all of us Negroes. Yeah, it was it, it was it was it was just like Jesus Christ. That was actually one of the things I liked about Arise. I'm not, uh, and I mentioned this before when we when I was talking when I was first playing the game and talking about it, is that it wasn't the slaves that had the magic. It was the overseers who had magic. And um, spoilers on Arise because it's been a while. Um, and the like the entire the entire of how it was built, like um, they actually used magic as an allegory to be like uh, to to um, do the metaphor that slavery was man made, like it, it's constructed. The the power dynamics, the differences bet- were between it was it was all man made because the way it worked out is that another deity like not not even a deity it was like another race essentially what they did is that they uh gave 
some of the population magic powers and then specifically kept telling them that they were better than these other people and that they could enslave them. Like the entire thing was constructed. The, the entire power dynamic between everybody was 100% constructed. And then there were like natural magic users who like lived on like this planet with, you know, the slaves and they systematically hunted those people down because you can't have this construct work if there are natural magic users born within the people. Hmm. So like, so yeah, they, they went through and they like specifically like hunted them down because they're like, it, 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 it broke the construct that, that, that they were going. So they were creating, they were specifically creating this society to um to uh uh keep because it, it's all one race of people right but they created it they created the idea of like separate races specifically to um uh create a power dynamic so they could funnel resources to them hmm. so it was like i was like i was like oh i see what you're doing here <laughs> Hmm. Okay, I got. That. I don't hate that. That that might need to go back on because I'm I've played uh, Tales of Arise a lot, but not as much as you, obviously. And then I just kind of slid slid off. So I might yeah, need to go that back that whole that. section is the last part. Like you need to get there. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, put that back on my list of things I need to immediately. Yeah, play what, once the next you six get months. to like once you get to like uh, Rena, they start giving the explanations of like what the fuck is going on because like there's some hints on on it as you get towards rena but once you get on rena you're like oh like there's a there's a 24 7 propaganda machine going on on rena mm -hmm. and like the renans actually genuinely think that they're they're better and that they're a different race but they're they're not they were actually like just infused with magic and called a different race but they're they're all the same Hmm. Okay. All right. I think we've. Um... It, it it was actually kind of interesting because like the Renans are like like I said like uh the way they did it is they're like yeah everybody's under this propaganda machine. Hmm. Everything is constructed. Everything you were taught is a lie. It's a really neat allegory. That's a good one. All right, so yeah, they right. they took my most hated trope, and I went, wait, I don't hate this because they didn't do they didn't do the trope thing. Mm, okay, so we have one game with a reasonable <laughs> narrative about slavery, um, and it's still not great. Oh no, it's, it's not great. Not it's bad. <laughs> I think the ceiling on a slavery narrative is reasonable if written by a person who has not who has not experienced it or have it be a part of their life i think reasonable is the hard ceiling for it yeah i think we're at this didn't make me angry yeah okay this didn't make me angry which is a little bit which is far below reasonable that's like a four out of ten is this didn't make me mad right exactly i was like i was just surprised like i would like in like part of like i'm not saying this like as like a glow like a glowing review but I was actually just genuinely shocked of like the that there was actual thought put into it. Right. And I, I, I was I was just like, oh, 
Um, I'm actually excited about that new game that's coming out. Uh, was it Chasing Midnight? Something like, I forgot what it's called. Oh, that game, uh, the Southern Magic game. Yeah, the Southern Magic game, because that one's, I mean, that's going to have to address a lot of that, even if it's not a slave narrative game. Like, the nature of the game is going to have to address things, and it looks really good. Uh, it's called Southern Magic. Oh, wait, no. So South of Midnight. South of Midnight. See, this is what happens when I'm in a flare. But you were able to parse what I was putting down. Well, of course. That is that is why we are a team. Um, I understand. Game. South of Midnight. All right. Um, I think that is... I think we've... I think this is a reasonable... I don't know if this would count. This. I don't know if this would count as a writer seminar because we just told white people to not write stories about slavery. You don't have it in you and you're not capable of doing so. But that's informative. And it could save a white person a lot of money and um, a lot of trouble. And us as black people, a lot of trouble of having to read your slave narrative that we will inevitably not like because you don't have the range to tell the story by telling you you don't have the range to tell the story right now. Um, and we're just going to start off with so we've got it we're challenging your ability to write the story of slaves as innocent people especially if you're choosing to make metaphors for black people the idea of metaphors for black slaves is already cowardly anyway looking at you Final Fantasy 16 oh my god that game makes me so angry so everything mad. about that game still makes me angry right and you don't have the range because you then don't make the you can't make the uh, metaphor for black people innocent people, which is all these games where all the slave enslaved people have um actual legit points of danger, like the fact that why is why is this a reality's Elon Musk equipped with a kill everything button for everyone install everyone with one of his products installed? That's a bigger problem than trying to isolate a group of humans. <laughs> Wait, that I'm sorry, he has what? So, um, in DSX, I was saying earlier. Oh, sorry, I heard Elon. Oh, oh no, no. Like... Essentially, essentially, he is that reality's Elon Musk. So then it would bear the question: instead of you trying to isolate all the humans with this tech, you would want to figure out why does Elon Musk have a kill everything button for all of his tech? Aaron, that is such a thing Elon Musk would do. Absolutely, though. would do it. Yes, he so would. Absolutely. I was, I genuinely didn't know you were joking. Oh no, I was talking about DSX, but that's what I mean though. That the that is the allegory. And now that I've said it, I hope that good. I hope I hope in saying that and giving you pause, I gave other people pause. And I hope that we understand that you just you ain't got it. If you're not if you're not black writing stories about black slavery allegories, metaphors, you don't have it. Don't do it. You ain't got it. That's the message of the day. We taught the people a thing, Ming. We did it. We and did. I did that thing where I um, circle around my point while talking about 15 other points, but it all ties together. That's called hosting a podcast. Magic. I guess. If you want to contribute to the magic, we have a Patreon. But um, that Just is. My ability to eat. The Jayla's ability to eat. Aaron's ability to keep us up here. Yeah. Microphones. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com uh, backslash uh, on Fridays. UN Fridays, like United Nation Fridays. And um, until we settle on a place, I guess we can't, like, we're on Twitter or the uh, articles I've taken to calling it X, the application formerly known as Twitter. 
it's just, it's just, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you can find us on the application formerly known as Twitter at uh, UN Fridays as well. Uh, I am on Blue Sky if you're a person who is on Blue Sky. Yeah, I'm not. I, I said this. We're 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 scattered to the to the. Yeah, we're so wind. scattered. I'm still waiting for Hive to get a browser option. Wrong. Not Hive. Sorry. Uh, the other one, the black one. Um, spill. Yeah. Listen, Spill is um not even ha- Spill is Spill doesn't even have a um Android Android version of itself. So. Yeah, they're working on the browser version first, and then of course, of course, they are because because of that weird iPhone Android thing. Um, either way, we're on things. Uh, we're in a tough spot in terms of social media, so we're gonna try and piece it together. But that's for another day. At the beginning of another episode, when we square it all away, we start popping up on other stuff. UN Friday is going to be on threads being thready but until then we're going to hit the road thank you guys for listening and um, do not engage in your slave narratives if you are not black do not do it you cannot do it they're going to do it more because white folks don't like hearing that shit so they're going to do it whatever anyway good luck out there white folks have a pleasant day. <laughs> See you guys next week. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up.